you are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Episode 187 of Locked On Browns. Guys, uh, how is everybody doing? I hope we're, you know, we're holding in. Uh, guys, look, we only got about 20-something days, less than three. Actually, uh, tomorrow we'll make the 21-day mark. So, guys, patience. Uh, just got to breathe. There's nothing we're going to know before then. Even if Cleveland wanted to tell us who the number one overall selection is, the NFL in no way, shape, or form wants that to happen. The show itself is a big production. They want to keep everything on the vest till it actually comes down. So just breathe, everybody. There's nothing else we can do. Like a kid at Christmas, we've just got to put in our time. Joining us here this evening, uh, guys, about this time of year is when we start getting all these guys who put in a tremendous amount of work into their draft guides, start to see the fruits of the labor get dropped here. Our guest here this evening from Optimum Scouting, Eric Galco, him and his crew were, you know, another one of that group here. Uh, Eric, how you been? Uh, guides out? Uh, you know, able to relax a little bit? You know, is the breathing back to normal yet? Yeah, a little bit. You know, getting the guy done is, is you know, a couple, unfortunately, some, some technical issues uh, led to being released a little bit later than I had hoped for. But, but no, it's, it's, it's draft season, and really this, this time of year is, is busy, not just because of content, but, you know, the draft guide is, is something we're, we're always proud of. But it started out, you know, nine years ago as, as working with teams directly and, and giving them our information, too. And then we said, hey, you know what, this may be a little bit dense, but hopefully the, the, the fans and, and NFL draft fans alike will, will still eat it up. And thankfully, there's been great support every year. So, it's a it's a it's a labor of love the uh, the document, but it's also something that we take very seriously and have a lot of pride in. Well, I mean, you know, you you and your staff, you guys are putting your name on things, and the thing is, is you know, the general fan has become so much more, you know, draft knowledgeable, uh, which is a great thing. I mean, obviously, I get to do what I do. You guys wouldn't be putting out these guides if it didn't exist. It, it's uh, you know, anybody can listen. You know, and look, Mel Kuyper, Tom McShay, the guys who make their living doing what they're doing, that's fantastic. But there doesn't have to be a one voice, you know, end all. Look, I mean, read them all. And look, if you could, if you can spend the, I'd say it probably costs you somewhere between seventy and a hundred bucks. If you got the money lying around, buy everybody's. You know, read them all. I mean, it, it's nice to have it there. And the other thing is, Eric, if you got that somebody over for draft night who doesn't know a lick and is going to ruin your night, at least you can put them in front of them to keep them away from you. There you go. There you go. And you know, a lot of a lot of great people out there putting publications out. I will say, biasly, buy ours first. Um, get ours first. Get the best one. Uh, I have to say that just because we're the best. But no, it's you know it's a lot of fun being a part of it this time of year. And now everyone's everyone's opinions are fully formed. That that does this for a living and does this full time. And you know guys like Kyle, I know works hard over here. Kyle Grabs and, and Dane Brugler, they're they're two guys I respect. Dane does a hell of a job, and I'm I'm still surprised that Dane is uh, maybe he will be in the league at some point here soon. But um, really great work by a lot of people. And, and now it's the time of year where it's fun. You get a chance to talk a little bit, and hopefully. Hopefully everyone everyone has success in what they're doing, but I think again everyone does these guys not because it's a money thing, it's because it's you know it's a way to kind of display all the hard work you're doing all year long. Well, I mean exactly. I mean the amount of time that's put in, you might as well you know do something a little bit more with it. And look at the end of the day, guys, you know you guys want to maybe take a shot or two with these guys. The money is never going to justify the time these guys put in. So you know when you tweet at him with that stuff, it's it's just absolute nonsense and it's kind of garbage. You know, and like he said, labor of love. These guys do it because they want to. It's certainly not a uh, you know making them. It's not making the mortgage payments. It's not buying a BMW. It's something they, they truly want to do. Uh, Eric, actually, the first time we had you on, it's kind of funny how this went. We actually you were on with me right after Josh Allen won his bowl game. He actually declared while we were on the air together. 
Um, so, you know, it, it's been a little bit of a while. Now that we're able to sit back and here we are in April, and see, I'm not the best guy to answer this question because as any draft class goes on, I'll find where I'm going to fall in love with it. You know, it's like a movie. If you watch it enough, you're like, all right, I love it because of this or I love this part. So I always fall in love with every draft class. Where's the meat? Where's the potatoes? What should get people excited about positional groups, players, whatever it may be of this 2018 NFL draft class? Yeah, I think the, I think it may be obvious, but I'm usually the one who aids against this. But the quarterbacks this year are a lot of fun, and it's you know, every year people get excited about certain quarterbacks, the quarterback class, and I feel like every year is last year was good, this year was better, but next year is going to be special. That's how it is at every year draft class. But <laughs> this is really a once in a you know once in a decade like draft class. And I, I keep saying this, but this is a draft class that is the highest risk reward draft class I've ever seen, and probably ever will see for a long time. What I mean by that is those top five or six quarterbacks. I could see each and every one of them, not just being good NFL quarterbacks, but among the top five, six, seven of their position. There's a path for Rosen and Darnold and Baker and Lamar and Josh Allen to all get there. And I can see every single one of those guys failing within the first two or three years because of varying things. And that's what's most exciting about this draft class is that quarterback. But you know, I think the offensive line class overall is strong, especially on the interior side. we got two yep. centers going around round one. we got four or five guards going the first 40 picks plus tackles so i think o-line is is certainly strong too and, and to say there for a second hey nfl teams want to draft offensive linemen early it's a low a reduced contract you see what andrew norwell and justin Pugh are getting you get a guard maybe just as good as those guys for a lot less it's very similar to the quarterback market right now teams want rookie quarterbacks because they're cheaper and you could save 20 30 million dollars on a quarterback if you have a rookie same thing for offensive linemen you save 10 million dollars by having a rookie so I mean, this draft class sits up nicely because teams need quarterbacks, great quarterback class. Teams want offensive linemen with salaries rising, and we get more offensive linemen. Exactly, and, and like you said, it's the emphasis on the interior. Uh, you know, If you're a team in the market and you need a bookend left tackle, a guy's going to carry you for a decade, th this might not be the draft class for you, and, and it's tough. You know, It's weird that we usually always have at least one or two, but look, every now and then a draft class position-wise, it's going to run dry at one spot. And you know maybe you know this year offensive tackle as strange as it seems because it's usually not the case, but this is one that's probably run a little bit dry here. Eric, now this is one, and this is it, it's still going on. Uh, look, it, it, and I, I'm you know, it, and I know the way it's been phrased is you know some of you know they want to put draft Twitter is maybe dragging Josh Allen down where it seems you know big draft the upper media guys are making him out. To, is there something? we're missing other than you know who these people talk to because the film's the film and you know like i said the other night i had a guest on the pro day the combine you're not marrying somebody off of that the film is you know the film is the make or break the right. other things are you know the pro day the combine it should just you know basically enhance it you know like when you're tired and your fiance makes it brings you a sandwich because she knows you're tired that's a pro day a combine type of thing but it just seems it's it, the Josh Allen thing. And look, I, I, I know I know it in my heart of hearts at the end of the day. He's going top ten. There's no way about it. But he's a risk. And on film, he's a risk. And I don't understand why it's being perpetrated that the film doesn't show that he is a risk to some of these right. bigger eyes. You know, I, I, think, I think first and foremost, it's very easy to see why Josh Allen may not work in the NFL very easy to see on a film why there is a lot of value in playing devil's advocate and figuring out okay assume he's going to be good i do this i do this with often telling staff all the time assume he's going to be good in three years 
why did it happen? Or assume a player is not going to work out, why did it happen? Kind of play that projection game because it's really important to do because you don't want to just be married to a bias, right? You may have seen Josh Allen play against Iowa this year, first game. He sucks. And then from then on, you're like, I don't like him anymore. And you want to kind of limit that bias. So think about the both sides of that coin and say, hey, if he's successful, what happened? Well, his footwork improved drastically. His arm talent special. He's allowed to make more mistakes because his arm talent's so great. You know, he could be Matt Stafford in two, three years. And I think Josh Allen can be a very good NFL quarterback. He could be one of the better NFL quarterbacks. Now, I think for Josh Allen, it requires a lot more of a great situation. He's going to need to have a quarterback coach and a veteran quarterback in there. He doesn't have to play early on, but I think he also needs to kind of make his mistakes early in the NFL and get some experience right away. I think he's kind of a very unique situation. I think going to a Jacksonville Jaguars is really the only fit in round one that I like for him in terms of long term. But if he goes there, I think he could be one of the best NFL quarterbacks. So it's very easy to say no. And here's my feeling around the league about why Josh Allen is liked so much. And hopefully this makes more sense, too, is that as people who NFL teams who have scouts or GMs as one of the center points of their decision making and a scouting background, their GM is a scout, was a scout. Now he's the head of the personnel room and he's running that draft room. He's making the decisions. Those are the type of teams that don't like Josh Allen. Scouts in general are much more, just like people on, you know, on Twitter, are much more analytically focused, big picture, and risk averse, right? Most people are risk averse when it comes to evaluating players on the outside because you know the ones coaching them, right? You can't control those variables. So you don't know how this guy's going to turn out. You know what you see. You know what guys like him have failed in the past. And you kind of stay away from those guys. And you want guys you've seen have success. You want playmakers who you've seen have success. You want guys who are risky. Thanks, but no thanks. Right? Coaches, on the other hand, feel the opposite way. And coaches feel, show me, and all Mike Shanahan saying, show me the guy's 25 best plays. It's my job to get him there every single play. And people on the outside, you may not get that. But I know coaches, if there's any coaches listening, they're with you on that. They feel that, hey, it's my job to get that guy the best out. I can control that variable. I can't control how big his arm talent is. That's something we love to have, but I can make him that player every single time, too. So, in conclusion, the reason some teams like him is that generally teams that have strong offensive coordinators, quarterback coaches, head coaches off in the background, when those people are one of the more vocal people or the ownership or GM has said, hey, QB coach, hey, offensive coordinator, which quarterback do you like and we'll take him? That's where this comes from. Coaches like Josh Allen generally not for every offense, but generally because they know that they can, they feel they can get the most out of his best plays. GMs see those best plays or worst plays, and they say thanks but no thanks. So that's how it's split around the league, too. And I think in terms of offense, more and more teams are letting their offensive coaches make their quarterback selections, just like you know they lot, the Rams gave Sean McVay a lot of say over the offense, not Jared Goff over the offense, and then Kyle Shanahan got a lot of say over the quarterback he wanted. So um, that's kind of where this Josh Allen split comes from. I think there's validity on both sides. Well, here's my issue, though, is obviously, you know, here with covering the Cleveland Browns, you know, from where you're coming at, it, it, and I, I get it, I 100% totally do, but how does he fit here where you have a head coach who just basically, you know, basically, you know, tried to drown a 21-year-old quarterback, he's got no legs to stand on as far as a head coach because, you know, he's on thin ass at 1-31, here's a coaching staff for the Browns that everyone could be unemployed by the time January rolls around. So what would make a guy like Josh Allen to Cleveland a connection? I do agree with a, a Jacksonville. I even agree with a Pittsburgh. Because I, I do see the you know big, tall, he's got some mobility to him. He's got a really big arm. If he could sit behind Ben. But I, I don't understand 
you know, and it seems it's not going away. It's not going to go away until they say it's not going away and Cleveland's not helping anything by bringing in all five quarterbacks, which they should because you should do your due diligence because you cannot screw it up this time. But that's that's the problem I, I'm having here covering the Browns is you're taking a wild card and here's a guy who may get comfortable with some guys helping him and every one of them can be swept away by Christmas. Right, yeah, that's a great point. That's why I don't believe the Browns are going to take Josh Allen. But one thing I will say for Allen, you mentioned the Steelers. I think it's a great fit too in terms of playing behind Big Ben. But, you know, Josh Allen, just because a quarterback is underdeveloped in some areas, in my belief, they don't need to always sit. Right? I think that I think the reason quarterbacks need to sit is because their mental processing isn't there yet. And that's not always a bad thing. I think Sam Darnold is the best quarterback in this draft class. I think he's really the only one, uh, and maybe Lamar Jackson. Um, of this quarterback class that I think would have a lot of value in sitting and just taking taking a breather, right? They asked Both those guys were asked to do a lot more in their offenses than maybe most quarterbacks are, um, and I think they struggle with decision-making, both of those guys. You know, Lamar Jackson, the red zone as a passer, was not great this year. Sam Darnold, across the board, was not a, a, not a, a safe passer this year, but both those guys could be special. So I don't think quarter, sitting is not a bad thing. But for Josh Allen, you know, I think if John Dorsey does like him to play devil's advocate, I think he believes that Josh Allen could play early on. And I think Josh Allen's similar to Cam Newton in that sense, where I want to see that guy go out there and make mistakes. And if he's going to be a good quarterback, he's going to learn from mistakes. That's how Cam Newton did it. That's how quarterbacks like him who are just gunslingers with a strong arm and mentally they can handle it. And Josh Allen can handle the game mentally. Um, I think Pat Mahomes, similar quarterback, needed a transition year from Texas Tech offense. He was a very smart kid. He just needed to kind of sit back and digest everything. But... I think Josh Allen's to go out there and, and make some mistakes, just like Baker Mayfield is too. And I think if Cleveland likes him, that's that's why I don't think Cleveland likes him. I think if Cleveland liked Josh Allen that much, they wouldn't have traded the 65th overall pick for Tyrod Taylor. They wouldn't have made all these overtures to, to get a veteran quarterback in there. And well, then a um, second one with Drew Stanton. Right, exactly. So it, it seems like they are planning on redshirting their first overall pick quarterback, and that's not really Josh Allen. He doesn't need that. You can have that, and that'd be great, but. You know, not every quarterback needs to sit, but some do, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. So, I, I'd be very surprised based on all I've heard if Sam Darnold's not the first overall pick, and I, Josh Allen won't. You know, he may not be a top three pick. I, I think I think we might be in, in for a pleasant surprise. Maybe draft will celebrate when Josh Allen's not one of the first four or five picks in the draft. Because until I hear otherwise, and I don't have many source other people, but I, I feel pretty good right now that Josh Allen's not going to go one, two, three, four, or five, and then from there we'll see. Okay, guys, so all my Browns fans, breathe. Uh, guys, Lockdown MLB is up and running. So, you know, find your team. Go ahead and follow them. Uh, you know, for me, my Mets, 4-1, first place. We're going to celebrate in April because, you know, God knows where we'll be come May. But uh, Lockdown MLB, anything you need, guys, go ahead and check them out. They got you covered over there. Now, Eric, uh, look, five picks in the top 64. Uh, there was some way it was broken down today. Draft capital put to points. Uh, and apparently the Browns at 6,000 points worth of draft capital here with the five of the top 64. I think the day three stuff is honestly at this point is just butter because there's a lot of length to this roster. So I think they do want to go hard and heavy. So, you know, one, four, 33, 35, 64. How am I prettying the place up here even more here in Cleveland? I mean, you know, I think they did a good job free agency wise and through the trade route you know you're not going to get a lot of guys to commit to this team currently i think that's why they went heavy in the trade market to at least get to get some guys to buy in but you know look you, you always can lengthen a roster what can they do here one four thirty three thirty five and sixty four 
Yeah, it, it seems to me from what I've heard they want to add at least one more playmaker on that offense, and, and whether it's Saquon Barkley at four or finding a uh, a guy like Naheem Hines in round three, I think that's what they want to look for. They, they want to find some want to find someone who can be a playmaker in that offense. And I think you know going around the league, the feeling is that you know, I think Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan have started this, and you'll see that with these teams in the draft this year is that it doesn't really matter who your four playmakers are in offense. Every team wants to have four guys who are unique players to have matchup creation opportunities. And if you have, if two of those guys are running backs, one's a tight end, one's a receiver, that's okay. Your offense can still be pretty special. So I think the Browns want to find just one more of those guys. Like they feel they've got maybe Josh Gordon. They got Jarvis Landry to be that guy too. And then they have Duke Johnson. They want to find one more guy to kind of be that special, unique guy. So I think one of those picks will be that. But I, I really think they're going to go offensive line. We've seen John Doris in the past and, and all the Green Bay guys love taking offensive linemen come round three and I think they'll take maybe one guy earlier and one guy later and, and keep bolstering the offensive line and I think it's really important for them to do this is a team that feels that maybe not in 2018 but 2019 they're a playoff team and to do that you've got to build an offensive line a year ahead you know quarterback's a spot where you draft a guy for generally a year or two and ahead but offensive linemen if you want to be a playoff team next year take your offensive linemen now because what's so important about offensive linemen any, any O-line coach will tell you is that when offensive linemen have a year together they grow by leaps and bounds. I think this Cleveland Browns offensive line is not far from being a complete unit. So I would not be surprised at all if they're, you know, one of their first first three picks as well as a mid-round pick ends up being a tackle and a guard and they try to solidify that offensive line. So, And they want to get a playmaker, two offensive linemen, and the rest of the draft besides number one overall will be, will be defense. Okay, well that's interesting because, I mean, it is a tough spot because if you look at what John Dorsey's doing, his question is, am I drafting best football players I see or am I drafting for the coaching staff and the fits I have? And look, if it's your first year here and you've been given a coach who, you know, may not be long here, you're just looking for the best football players available just to lengthen your roster. So, you know, I, I, I do understand where you were going there. Uh, guys, if you're listening through the Megaphone app, appreciate it. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, whichever way you go, go ahead and subscribe. Five-star review. Truly appreciate that. Eric, everybody, in, well, not everybody, but if you if you appreciate the draft and you love the draft, what you're looking for are the day three surprises, treats, whether it was a guy who maybe got into a little trouble or maybe it's a guy who's battling back from an injury history or whether it's a guy who just didn't get enough reps at his college program. Give me some guys here on day three. Uh, I know, uh, you know, with a hot name right now is the safety out of uh, you know Southern Miss, uh, you know Moore. He seems to be a guy that's just blown up out of nowhere almost over the last twenty-four to thirty-six hours. But give some guys here on day three who you know are, should outperform their draft position. Yeah, there's a lot of guys we can go position my position if you want to as well. Go right ahead, sir. Yeah, look, you know, <laughs> guy, I mean, one guy I like a lot. It's really a test of the part two, and has a lot of similarities to. Emmanuel Sanders is Jeff Bidette of Oklahoma, uh, a receiver that maybe the Browns be interested in too. But his his pro day workout was phenomenal. Um, he was close to being an NFL combat invite, didn't get one, but really, really talented receiver who I think you look on day three of the draft, we've seen guys like Robbie Anderson and, and recent draft picks. He's not quite Robbie Anderson, but guys that come out of nowhere and, and have the explosive to do so. He's a professional guy. I've met with Jeff, and, and I think he's always had the ability. He could be a sixth, seventh round pick who ends up being a, a slot starter in the NFL down the road to obviously offensive lineman always an important one I'm not sure if he'll last this long but Alex Kappa of Humboldt State yep. he's an NFL player he's a tackle could play guard as well but always former teams like those guys also Will Richardson of NC State I think he's a top three round pick as well but I think he's a plug and play right tackle 
in the NFL moving forward. Those are some offensive guys that come to mind, too. And I'm not sure of any positions of note that Cleveland wants to look into, but certainly a lot of guys on defense that they threw this draft, too, at linebacker and corner. I'll tell you what, we need an Elmis Doomerville type. We need a straight guy who can play in nickel and dime so we can let the other guys maneuver around. Give me a guy who can come off the edge on day three who fits this mold. Yeah, I think I think Ola Dinia from Toledo. Um, he's he's an athlete first. He's still a developing pass rusher. I think if he had stayed in school, he would have been a senior with probably 50 sacks over his career. Um, over the last three years, he's a really talented athlete who's still getting better. He's still very raw in what he's doing, but natural pass rusher is close to the backfield. He's a junior that declared early, worth looking into, a little bit undersized. And you mentioned Elvis Doomerville, that's why he comes to mind. Um, but a guy who puts his ears back and accelerates upfield, speed to power so well, and finishes with bursts. And that's the one skill set, in my opinion, that's always translated well, is that when guys get to the backfield or, or get past their initial rush and explode and finish on the ball carrier, that's really important. Not a lot of guys have that skill. He has that. And Joe Osman of Central Michigan, two guys on day three of the draft that have that skill set that, hey, if they can figure out the technique and the initial pass rush move, if their athleticism translates enough to the next level, those guys can win in the backfield and finish. So I think those are the two guys. I think Adinier, especially mentioned Doomerville, he fits exactly that Doomerville mold. There you go, guys. Look, I've been asking for that guy, and Eric just gave it to us. Uh, Eric, what do you got going for the next three weeks? Uh, I know you're a guy who never rests, but three weeks before we all kick it off, what do you got? Yeah, man. What do you got left in the you hopper? Are, yeah, I will say first off on the Browns, I am fascinated in Cleveland by that war room, and hopefully there's someone doing a story on that. I'm not sure if Mike Silver goes in there or who goes in there, but you've got a, a front office in Cleveland that's got four GMs or four people who believe they should be or will be a GM soon in Dorsey. Yeah. Scott McLuhan, Elliot Wolf, and Alonzo Heisman. That's a really underappreciated aspect of this because who's going to win out? And when you have four cooks yep. in the kitchen, it's uh, it's going to be fun to watch. So hopefully I'll, I'll kind of dive more into that at some point over the draft process. Maybe a feature on that. I, I'm, I'm kind of working on talking to people in that building. We'll see. But but no, for right now, man, I'm, I'm down in uh, Barrow Beach, Florida with a uh, company. I'm, I'm the director of player personnel for a new football league called Your Call Football. Uh, Your Call Football is a phenomenal company, phenomenal um, concept where fans download the York Call Football app on your phone. Come May 3rd, you, like you would be playing Madden, will pick the offensive plays for a live football game. Mike Sherman and Merrill Hodge, the two head coaches, doing a fantastic job putting the coaching staff together. So many experienced guys. They pick the package of three plays. You vote on your phone which play you want to see live on the field. If you call a rollout to receiver Robert Meacham, he goes up and catches it. You get fantasy points for picking that correct play. So it's an <laughs> awesome, cool. awesome concept. It'll be all over Barstool. Barstool will be all over the internet coming soon, too. But download the app at York Home Football. I'm down here. Our rosters are awesome. The coaching staff's phenomenal. Everything's set up to be a great opportunity and great event. So, so I'm excited to be down here. Give us a couple of other names besides Robert Meacham. Yeah, Meacham's a fun one just because he's a throwback. But uh, Bernard Pierce, former uh, Temple, tied in. Mm-hmm. Evan Rodriguez is tight end. Uh, teammate at Temple, also a tight end. Uh, Corey Smith, receiver from Ohio State, another nice. good player as well. Um, and then really, you know, a lot of these guys are, are recommended from NFL teams. And a lot of our O-line, D-line is, is maybe guys you don't really know, but these are guys that were just cut from NFL teams. And I can tell you, scouts are super excited to come down here, especially pro personnel scouts. And a couple area scouts I've been talking to saying, oh yeah, I love like getting a draft book grade. And it's a lot of those type of guys too. So about half the roster is former draft picks. Half the roster's guys that you may not know, but are really close to being NFL players. So I'm um, thankful we got a great roster so far, and a couple more guys we're going to add here before the coming days before when camp starts. But 
overall, you know, Mike Sherman and Merrill Hodge are, and Kurt Schottenheimer and Tom Rossley are, are football geniuses, and it's a pleasure to be around them. I know the players are excited to talk to them, too. Ah, see, that, that, see that's awesome. And I, I love the fact that we're starting to get, you know, I don't want to say a minor league system, but we're getting another place for these guys to go because, you know, there's there's a, there's not enough football. There's more football players than there are NFL spots. So to right. get, see more football, to get more football, look, I, I love my baseball, but look, if I can throw... I can throw some football on, by all means. Apparently, the NCAA tournament's over. Congratulations, Villanova. Guys, I didn't see a lick of it. You know, <laughs> I, I only have so much time. Eric, yeah. one day you'll be a father. You're going to learn how this goes. Yeah, I can't wait. But uh, another football <laughs> thing, the, the developmental football thing, too, it's, it's funny, you know, this, not only is that, but I'm, you know, I'm a person who works with colleges and players directly, too, and all these players are taken care of. They're paid like professionals, too. That's sometimes not usually the case with this industry of, of players who are not in the NFL being taken advantage of, but this is a... Uh, it's a pleasure to work with this company. It's a lot of great people involved with it. Like I mentioned, Mike Sherman and Merrill Hodge, but really something special, too. And I know Draft Twitter hasn't heard of it yet, but take my word for it. You're going to hear a lot about it, and you are going to love it. And it's a chance for you to be Monday morning quarterback live in the moment. It really feels like you're playing Madden. I played the demo with my girlfriend. She kicked my butt, like, I don't want to curse, kicked my butt in the app playing a live game, too. So it's, it's a ton of fun. You're going to love it. Nice, nice. Uh, guys, like I said, uh, look, Eric Galco was kind enough to uh, give us some time here this evening. Check out the draft guide. Uh, the amount of work and time that these guys put in, it's certainly worth it. Look, if you got 70 to 100 bucks, buy a bunch of draft guides. I, I can't recommend one over the other because all these guys are good to me. They're all friends. So, look, if it's Eric's or it's Dane's or, or, or it's Kyle and the guys at NDT or it's a Matt Waldman RSP, you know, get your hands on something because the work is ridiculous. It's original. It's from guys who have been putting in a lot of time. Obviously, I'm excited as heck for this football league. Obviously, on May 3rd, you know, look, football in May. I am all in. Uh, so go ahead, follow Eric at Optimum Scouting. Guys, follow the show at Locked On Browns. We keep it a follow back account. We're going to push the 2K followers, hopefully, by the draft. Uh, follow me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Guys, we got a lot of draft guests coming in the next three weeks. I, I'm doing a show a day, if not more. Let's just pump this out. We'll get as much information so everybody's ready. And look, get a draft guide. Buy one or two because, look, somebody's going to come over draft night and they're going to ruin your experience. Send them off to the corner with the draft guide so they can learn about the guy because you probably already know about him because you've been listening to the show. Thanks so much, everybody. Appreciate the time. We'll be back at you tomorrow. Let's go Browns.